love needs to be unpacked and put in motion. And many times I've heard, it's the thought that counts. I was thinking about you and, and, and there it is. But thought without action is just a thought. Where do we get this idea that action is required? Well, the very premise of our faith, Jesus Christ didn't say, I love you and walk away. Jesus Christ said, I love you so much, I'm leaving the glory of heaven. I'm going to come and receive the chance of men who say, crucify him, crucify him, and I'm going to die on a cross for you. The prime example of unpacking love, right? The prime example of putting it in motion. What did we do to deserve forgiveness? What did we do to deserve his grace that chases us every morning? You being able to just get out of bed, there's grace. Being able to brush your, your teeth, there's grace. Breathe, grace. Ride the trail, there's grace. Waking up in a bed, there's grace. Having an option, perhaps, of, of, of things to do, things to eat, people to hang out with, there's grace. So, this is why we're going in the series. We're, we're talking about unpacking love and putting it in motion. Um, so here's how I'll start off today. Do you feel, does life feel right now like you're out in a boat, it's dark, and it's stormy, and it's scary? Just a question for all of us as I begin. Does something in your life or do several things in your life right now feel scary, doubtful, anxiety? You're alone out there in the boat on the waters. The sun has come down. The winds start to pick up. The boat starts to move. The waves crash on the side. Have you ever felt like that? We're going to talk today about what we do in situations like this. When life is tough. When the waves are crashing against our heart. Against our plans, our wants, and our desires. What do we do? We're going to look at Matthew, if you're taking notes either on your phone or on one of the note cards that we set uh, beside you, then this is what I suggest you write down. Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to go through um, 11 verses, right? If I did the math correctly. We're going to go through 11 verses. And my hope and my desire is that in those 11 verses, you... You, not your mom, I wish she was here to listen to this, not your cousin, not your aunt, not your neighbor. That today, that those 11 verses would just speak to you. Clearly, that it would be so timely that you would say, Poyo read my text messages this morning. I believe that's what God can do. I believe that that's how he speaks. Because it says that his word is alive. And it runs after us because it has feet, right? And it grabs onto us because it has hands. 11 verses. So open your heart, please, with faith, with imagination to be able to grasp and chew on this. 
I'm not asking you to swallow it and say, absolutely, I got it. No, chew on it. That's why I ask you to take some good notes. Sit down with somebody who's next to you or in front of you or behind you during this week and say, what would you think about that? So this is what we're going to see in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Number one, Jesus is always with us in the storm. What's your storm? What are your current storms? Maybe life is good, and I believe that that's possible. A storm will eventually come because life is tough. So either this is very timely for you today, or it's something you hold on to tightly, my friends, and you wait for the day when you need it. All right? So Jesus is always with us in the storm, and that truth... And that promise, not just the truth, and that promise that you can stand on, never shakes, never crumbles. Because it's not a man speaking, it's God speaking. The one who said, let lightness be separated from darkness. Those are the words that we're going to hear today. My job is to herald, right? That's my job. These aren't Poyle's words. I'm taking God's word and I'm saying, here's what it says. In the same way that uh, servants would herald when a king was coming and open up way. That's all I'm doing this morning. I'm just a mouthpiece. So what you hear today, let it come like an anvil. Like one of those anvils that I remember seeing in the cartoons. And it smashes Coyote's head. Let God's word come and smash your opinion? Think about that. Let God's word come and smash our opinions. The voices in your life that say you can't and it's too late or you failed too many times. Let God's word smash that. Yeah? We're going to learn today that the promise and this truth is for the purpose that our roots of faith would go deeper. That our roots of faith would go deeper and deeper. So here we go. We're going to start with verse 22. It says this. It says, immediately after this. I'm going to hit pause right away. Immediately after what? So I'm going to give you a context. Something just happened because it says immediately after, right? So what just happened? Jesus Christ was teaching. He's teaching to crowds of people. Maybe to ten or 15,000 people. And this is what Jesus Christ just finished doing. He saw that the people were hungry, and he told his friends, his BFFs, go get him some food. And they're like, we don't have food for 15,000 people. And what did he do? You know the story, right? He took some fish, he took some bread, he prayed for it, and now there's fish and bread for everybody. People are blown away. Don't romanticize the Bible. Just think about how in awe you would be. If you see a couple of pieces of fish, a couple of pieces of loaves of bread, and now the crowds, the masses have been fed. So Jesus, Jesus finishes doing that, all right? And immediately after that, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. He insisted. He said, get in the boat and go over there. I'll meet you over there. 
being in the boat, out in the water, the sun has come down, the waves are crashing, the boat seems to be tipping over, it's never coincidental. We are not victims of chance. We don't serve a God who says, oops, out of my control. We serve a God who says, a leaf falls and I know about it. This shouldn't freak us out. This should give us comfort and hope that the God that we come and listen to, the God that we serve, the God that we love in the name of, is the one who says, you're there and it's not by coincidence. There is a purpose. There are a couple types of storms in life. There are storms of correction. Any good father disciplines his children. Would you agree? Any good father disciplines his children. Hebrews chapter 12 speaks about this. It says that at the time of being disciplined, nobody likes it. Just a reality. When I see my kids mess up, here are my options. Turn the cheek and say, let them drive themselves into the wall and into the ground deeper and deeper. Or I say, I love them so much that I'm going to guide them. I'm going to discipline them. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12 says that those who are not disciplined, you know what they're like? Bastards. Illegitimate children, meaning you're my son and child, but I'm not going to treat you like one. I'm going to look at you like you're not even mine. That's the other option. Again, I want to be very real about this. Nobody likes discipline. Nobody raises their hand and says, oh, me first. Storms are never coincidental. One is for correction, and the other one, you ready? Is per- for perfection. There are some storms in our lives that are for perfection because our Father loves us so much that He holds us from the hand and He says, right now, here in the storm, I'm in it with you. He takes us places that we would never, ever go on our own. Why? Because He loves us. There is chipping away at our lives that we need to go through. The way that gold is put through the fire to take out impurities and imperfections and it comes out even more beautiful? That's a storm of perfection. Let's keep going. So they're out. He insists that they go. No coincidence, right? He insists. They obey. They go. The disciples were in trouble. away from land for a strong wind had arisen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water. Who sent him out into the boat? Jesus. He allowed some things to happen. For what purpose? That their roots of faith would grow deeper. That they would go through something that when they came out at the end, they would say, 
He was with me in it all. Throughout it all. He never let go of my hand. Because he's the one who asked me to go. I wouldn't have gone there on my own. Because nobody looks for strong winds and trouble, right? Unless you're crazy. Purposely go looking for it. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus comes to them, walking on water. He knows where they're at. Why? Because he sent them. Jesus is in the storm. Jesus is in the boat as well. As children of God, he is with us everywhere we go. He is not a God who just gives us a green light and a thumbs up when things are good. By the way, there are gods in different religions that say, you're good, I'm with you, boy. I call you mine. But how tragic is that? That in the pain, he'd say, no, get your act together first. I have no connection to you. This is the God who came down from heaven, right? And says, I meet you. I have crossed the bridge of pain and tragedy in your life and I meet you right there in the middle of it. As children of God, there is zero gap between you and Him. He's in the storm. He's in the waves. But He's right there in the boat as well. Whispering often, I'm here. Whispering often, you can let go because I'm holding on to you. Whispering often, rest, son. Rest, daughter. Verses 27 through 29. Jesus spoke to them at once and he said, Don't be afraid. Take courage. Why? I am here. Then Peter called to him, one of the disciples who was in the boat, one of his friends who he insisted would get in the boat and go out into the waters while the dark was falling and now there's wind and rain and trouble. And Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus says, yes, come to me. The voice of Jesus speaks truth in love. He comes to them when he sees them in trouble. He is there. And he says, hey, take courage. How many of us need to hear that this morning? In our multiple storms that we have lived in the past or are living now? How many of us need to hear that voice? That voice. Say, take courage. Let me go a little bit further with that. How many of us need to believe that? Not just hear it. How many of us need to be able to believe it? I can be courageous. I can lift up my head. Because He is with me. I can be confident because there is a hope of a better reality. How many of us need to feel His hand holding our hand this morning? in the midst of what we're struggling with, in the midst of our storms. Let the chatter of the world stop for a second. Let the chatter of your own mind 
stop for a second. I'm with you. Take courage. I love you and you're special. Take courage. I gave my life for you. Take courage. And when he speaks, Peter gains that courage. He gains that courage to the point to where he says, come and walk out on the water. And he's able to obey. In the midst of our storms right now, I guarantee that he is speaking certain things to you. Drop that because that's not healthy for you. Let go of that because it's hurting you more than it is benefiting. He's speaking. He's always speaking. Always speaking. The difference is this though. We hear it, hear and hear the options. We ignore it or we obey it. Peter had an option, right? When he says, come. Would you agree that Peter had an option? No, it's too freaky. He said, yes. I'm going. What is that yes for you right now? This is what I believe that God does with his children. That he gives us new desires. When we come into an encounter with Jesus, it's like getting hit by a cement truck. We don't remain the same. He asks us to remove things of our life that aren't profitable. The Bible says that everything is permissible, but not everything is profitable. What are some things that he's asking you? That's not you anymore. You've got a new identity. You're my daughter. You're my son. And then he starts to give you new desires, new wants, new habits. What are those things that perhaps today you have to go home and maybe write them down? Say, I'm going to say yes to this. And I'm going to say yes to that as well. I'm just going to say yes. I struggle with my pride and with my anger. I'm just going to say yes to putting the needs of others before my own. I'm going to say yes to being salt and light everywhere. I'm going to say yes to just surrendering and not wanting to get my own way always. I'm going to say yes to believing that he's with me right now in the boat, even though I don't see it. I'm going to say yes to that. So he gets out, starts walking on the water. Verse 29 and 30. Peter goes over the side of the boat, walks on the water toward Jesus. But, but when he saw the wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. What happened here? He obeys, right? He pulls the trigger. He says, you're calling me. I'm going. I have taken courage. Because I have saw you feed the masses and I've seen you raise the dead. And I've seen you heal people who were sick for 12 years, for 38 years. The folks who couldn't walk, they are jumping. By the way, you've seen God move in your life too. 
Those are Bible stories that are very real, very impactful. Do an analysis of your life, of all the times that God has shown up in His grace, His protection, protected you for something that you didn't even know you could potentially be hurt by, but you look by and you're like, whoa, that was God. Think about the times that He's provided something that you had no idea of how you would obtain. And you look back and you're like, well, I had no hand on that. Think of the times that you've had a friend come by you in a time of need and just not solved anything for you, but just said, I'm here for you. Because who that was? You? No. That was God speaking through people, through situations, providing, encouraging, giving hope. Perhaps you haven't seen him multiply a whole bunch of a fish and bread, but you have seen him at work in your life, guaranteed. Right? If you're having trouble with that, let's, let's talk about it. I love to go grab a coffee and just talk about life. And I bet we will come away with a list of times that he has showed up, flexed his muscle when you had nothing picked you up when you were down for the count. You've seen him work. Hit rewind. Remember those things. What happens to Peter? He forgets who just called him out. And what does he focus on? the situation it becomes all too real the wind the waves the boat is rocking the waves are crashing perhaps the boat is starting to fall apart and he starts to focus on those things what are you focused on right now more to the situations and issues and wants or on who he is and how close he is. This isn't a message about go and do more. If anything, it's a message about Holy Spirit, open up our hearts and our minds so we can see what you've given us already and what we have already. You've never heard me teach a message that says, go and do five steps and your life will be better. You've never heard me. Jesus never does that. He says, I came to set the captives free. Captives of pain and of sin and of self. He says, that's what saves people. So the good news in that is for us to be able to remember and believe above all. Who's speaking? We start to drown when we lose focus. When we take the eyes off of him who said, it is finished, period. Not it is finished, dot, 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 if you go and do more and go and get stuff better. He says, it is finished, when we take our eyes off of that and it becomes about us, we start to drown in anxiety and doubt and fear and the pressures of the world. 
we hear the chitter chatter more than the truth of God. The Bible speaks about the devil in many different ways. And one of the titles, if you will, that he gives him is as a father of all lies in John chapter 8, verse 44. Think about that. The father of all lies. You can't. It's too late. You will never look at your life. Look at your past. Is that God? Is it? No. It's a father of lies. If I get him, if I get her to believe this, I've got her where I want her, in the corner. No salt, no light, useless to the kingdom of God. It's not do more. It's I want the good news. I want the freedom. I want to be able to give up. That is good news. Because I believe that he has Peter's drowning and he screams with an exclamation point, right? Save me, Lord. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. How long did it take Jesus? Immediately. Reached out and grabbed him. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. The disciples worshipped him said, you really are the Son of God. Is your storm and the darkness of the night and the winds crashing on life, do those have you in a position where you're ready to be desperate? Do those situations have you in a point to where you have to, like Peter, say, save me? Are you there yet? The scariest thing about humans, including myself, is our heart. I can, and I don't need him. I've got my own saviors and it's my education and it's my friends and it's my money and it's my intellect and it's my effort. That is the most dangerous thing about us as humans when it comes to the spiritual world. Hear me clearly. I don't want anybody to say, Pollo said education is bad. Did I say that? No. Please don't get me wrong. Money's bad. Did Pollo say that? No. Friends are bad. Did I say that? No. Working out is bad. No. This crashes spiritually with everything in our lives because everything in our lives says go harder and stronger. And yes, go hard and strong with those things. But when it comes to it spiritually, he says those who give up, those who know that they are disqualified, that is what qualifies them. Those who surrender and throw up their hands and say, I need to be saved. That's what gets his attention. Because what are we doing in that moment saying, I can't. But I know you can. Do you see the good news? You guys hear me say often, let me share. This is why we struggle with this so much. Because if you walk into your office tomorrow, put your feet on the desk, and tell your boss to go get you a cold beer, 
He's going to tell you to get up and go. Poyo said, give up and surrender. That's not what I'm saying. Spiritually speaking, God says, give up. I reach down and rescue you immediately. Do you see the good news? Why do people struggle with this? Why does society, why do we as people struggle with this? Because that good news becomes a rock. The Bible says it's a stumbling rock. And this is what that rock can become. A stumbling block where we say, no, it's too good to be true and I don't believe it. Because I can do it on my own. I was raised to do things on my own. I was raised to go harder. And that's good. But when it comes to spiritual things, it's a whole another ballgame. So that rock can be either a stumbling block where you continue to fall on your face and try to save yourself, or it becomes something beautiful, a cornerstone rock where everything else is built upon that one. And if there isn't a cornerstone in a building, if there isn't a strong foundation, what happens? What happens to my architect friends? It falls apart, right? True? Am I missing it? He says, I am that rock. He says, just stand on me. It doesn't cost you anything. The bookkeeping ledgers have been thrown away. All you have to do is enter the party. So there's a miracle in the wind stopping, right? He gets in the boat, everything dies down. I would contend that there's another miracle that happens when they worship him and say, you are the son of God. And there seems to be immediate peace. Do we recognize him as the son of God? Do we recognize him as Lord, capital L, King, capital K, over all things? Does life revolve around him? What you do with your body, what you do with your money, what you do with your mind. Does life revolve around him? Is he Lord, capital L? Do you worship him and say, you are the son of God? And there's peace. This is what we came for, right? We came for the good news, right? We didn't come for religion. We didn't come for rules. We didn't come for more weight to be put on our shoulders this morning. I've spoken to a handful of you, and a handful of you already walked in with a bunch of weight. I have a bunch of weight that I walked in, but when I hear this, it allows me to breathe in. Because he came to set us free. And what is the good news? The good news is that the way he unpacks love for us, the way he puts it in motion is by crossing the bridge and meeting us in our pain, in our fear, in our doubts, in our insecurities. He doesn't say, I come to you when things are okay. He doesn't say, I turn my back on you until you've got it figured out. He says, love is more than a thought. 
He says, love is an action. He says, I'm crossing that bridge. I'm crossing that storm. And I'm here this morning with you right now. Do we believe God? Not do we believe in God. Because I bet most of us would say, I believe in God. Do we believe what God says? And this morning he says to all of us, he says, rest. He says, rest because I love you. Rest because I am near.